Check this out just for a minute. I go to move the music stand over here, and we're still picking Palm Sunday, Sunday glitter, like, out of things. Were you guys here for that last week? Was that not, like, great or what? And today culminates the week. Since Palm Sunday, we have been commemorating, memorying, you know, remembering, if you will, rooting ourselves in what we believe here at Fellowship of Faith to be the most important, impactful event in all of human history. It began with Jesus journeying into Jerusalem to the cheers of people crying out Hosanna and proclaiming him their king to a turning on a dime to this Last Supper that Jesus shares with his disciples just before he is about to be betrayed and falsely arrested and condemned. Two days ago, we gathered in this room to retell the story of Christ's death, his horrible crucifixion, and all the weight and impact and meaning and that in today is part four of the trilogy. Yeah, I know there's three in a trilogy. Today is part four of the trilogy where Jesus has come back from the dead. That is what today is about. That is what we celebrate here, and we are so grateful that you can be a part of it. For those of you who don't know me, my name is David Gadini. I'm the pastor here on staff at Fellowship of Faith. If there is any way that we can be helping you in your spiritual journey with questions that you have about God's struggles that you might have with the church, wrestlings that you have in your life, uncertainties that God in his word might be able to speak into, come find me after the service. Email me, text me, do whatever. Find someone on staff. We believe church is meant to be a place where we can walk that journey together, learning for each other, and we would love to help you any way we can on that. Today, I want to talk to you about part four. I want to talk to you about Easter and what this day is all about. Because look, on that first Easter Sunday, they did not go for egg hunts. On that first Easter Sunday, it doesn't say that two men appeared at the tomb in clothes that gleamed like pastel. When the women left the tomb that Sunday, they did not go to grandma's house for ham. All of these things that we make Easter are not what Easter is about. And you know this. Many of you, I think, know this anyway, but isn't it so easy? Isn't it so easy to turn Easter into something about all these celebrations? The dinner at grandma's house, the clothes that we wear, the egg hunts that we go on, the baskets that we find, the chocolates that we splurge on, the spring weather, the tulips that we plant, the fake flowers that we deck, you know, the the church service that we come to. Oh, all of these are good things, would you agree? What wonderful gifts if we get to share in them. But how easy, isn't it, to make that Easter and to turn the statement that Christ has risen into a cliche. What I hope to do this morning is to help you see it is more than just a cliche something we cheer or say or get hopped up on or, or just like kind of drone 
through. Have you ever been into this? I grew up in, in very liturgical churches, and so often it was this. Christ is risen. And everyone would go, he is risen indeed. You know? Ha, ha, hallelujah. I am, I'm so happy right now. And my life is forever changed. But we've been there, haven't we? I mean, shoot, we even flirted with it a little bit, like, like coming in here today. And oh my gosh, like, you know when you're a parent, you shouldn't talk about your other kids to your other kids? I feel like I'm doing that a little bit right now. But my gosh, nine o'clock, like Jesus was risen, but they were decomposing in the grave. I mean, it was, come on, guys, you know, Christ is risen. You know, one of those, you're better than they are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, all right, no, it's horrible. That's horrible, but, but whatever, we're going with it. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. All right, brother. All right. He is. He is. I want to dig into that. I want to talk about that. I want to remember that. I want to unpack that. I want to embrace it because it might not be more than a cliche for you. It might be something misunderstood for you. You might even know what today is about, but not really know what it's about. You know what I mean? Have you ever had those moments where you've been taught something, you've experienced something, you've seen something, you've gone through something, you get it kind of up here? You can recite it play by play. You could explain it, you could get an A on the test. But then something happens, and you can't quite explain it. Something happens, and for the first time, it grabs you in here. It grabs your heart, it grabs you in the gut, it moves you in a way that catches you by surprise. It's almost like you're experiencing it for the first time. Something, sometimes God does something so powerful in our lives, and I believe this. God does something so powerful in our lives that we don't even really know what's happening in the moment. And no matter how many times it's been explained and how well we think we might understand it, when it actually occurs, it leaves us flat on our face with our faces in the dirt, wondering what's going on. I got to imagine it was like that for those women on that first Easter Sunday. Here's the story. Jesus was strung up on a cross. He was killed. He was shamed. He was humiliated. The entire point of the thing is to degradate a human being to the nth degree and suck him of every last ounce of his life in the most horrible, painful matter possible. And imagine what it was like for those women. And just so they're not like generic, those women, let me tell you about who they are. His mom, his aunt, a best friend, someone who became so close to him because of what he did for her that she gave her life over to him. Imagine what it's like to have that kind of relationship. Do you love someone deeply? A spouse, a child? Could you imagine watching them go that kind of horrific death? Witnessing it and being powerless to do anything about it. 
crying out and no one cares. And to watch the love of your life ebb away. To watch him die in the most brutal, brutal and horrible, horrible way. To see him taken down. To see him put in a tomb. Because I'll tell you, these women, if they knew anything, they knew this. Jesus was dead. He was dead, stone cold dead. They saw it. They witnessed it. They watched that Roman jab, that spear into his side. They saw the blood flow out. They watched the life go out of his eyes. They saw him limply laid into the tomb. They saw him wrapped in the burial cloth. They saw the breath. He was dead. And that first Easter Sunday, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, when they went to the tomb carrying spices, it wasn't to cook a meal. It was to anoint the body of a dead man, of son, a nephew, a hero, a friend. It was some kind of response to grief, trying to bring sanity into an insane situation, to witness that kind of brutality and to try to bring some kind of dignity to the one you love. In all four Gospels, four Gospels record that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, those women, those women took those spices and went to the tomb, the tomb of Jesus to try to bring sanity and dignity to the most horrible of situations. The gospel writers will tell the stories differently at this point, slightly, little details here and there. One records how on the way, they're, they're, they're worrying and wondering and fretting, how are we gonna get this giant stone out of the way of the door of this tomb? How are we going to get it? And I find that when we find ourselves in these times of grief, we often occupy ourselves with the details, with the little things. Sometimes I think it works as a distraction. It gives us something to think about, something to worry about, something to do to help process the pain. They're going to the tomb in the dark early morning, trying to worry and fret about how are we going to get it away, and they show up, and the stone is rolled away. They go in. He isn't there. They look in. He isn't there. They start to panic, I've got to believe. Who has taken him? And it's in that moment that God did something powerful. Powerful in their lives. It says, these two men appear in clothes that gleam like lightning. And suddenly they're beside them. And these women, surprised, shocked, terrified, they find themselves with their faces in the ground and these two men say whatever angels say. Whenever angels appear on the scene, because I guarantee you come face to face with an angel, you will be face in the dirt too. If your picture of an angel is some baby in a diaper, you have not got a biblical image. The sign of glory appearing before them, of power and majesty that lays them flat. Oh, 
Do not be afraid. I love how they toy with them. <laughs> what are you doing here? Why are you here? He told you what was going to happen, and Jesus did. He told you this is how it was going to play out. He told you he was going to come to Jerusalem to suffer and die. He told you every step of the way. He told you three days later he was going to rise from the dead. What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing here. Sometimes there's things that happen in this world that are so out of the realm of my experience and expectation, I can't come to terms with them even when they have been explained. I can imagine Jesus going beside himself, going, guys, how can you not get this? How many ways can I tell you? I could see Jesus like pulling the sock puppets out and like kind of doing this pantomime before him. Now I'm going to die and then I'm going to, I mean, every conceivable way to try to get through their thick skulls, I am going to die and rise again. And there they were on the first day of the week, very early in the morning going, where's Jesus? I love what these angels say to them. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Christ is risen. Jesus is risen. He is risen from the dead. Do you get this? Do you get the impact of this? Jesus has risen from the dead. I'm not talking about like some ER surgeon came in with the paddles and boom, and we've got this bloody, messy Jesus walking around with an inch of his life. I'm not talking about some metaphorical resurrection where his soul gets to go with, be with God in heaven while his body's laying right there. I'm not talking about the lame cliches we use to comfort ourselves. He'll always be with me in my heart. No, he's dead and he's gone and it hurts. I'm not talking about any of that. No, he's risen. He is back from the dead. He's back, baby, physical, real, tangible, in the flesh, powerful, glorified, majestic. The one who has conquered death. He is back. He is risen. So go tell his disciples, they said, because he's going to meet you in Galilee. Today is about an event an event by which human history will never be the same again. It is about the fact and reality that a dead man came back to life who had beaten death. It is about the fact that God had vindicated the sacrifice of his son and conquered death forever. It is about the fact that Jesus is here. He's here. He was here for his disciples. The separation was gone. And because he was raised, they would be raised too. I love how the New Testament puts this. Let me share this passage with you. But Christ indeed has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, because we all die, don't we? We all die because of the corruption of sin that's been inherited and received through our forefathers, through human flesh. No, death came through a man. So the resurrection of the dead will also come through a man. For as an Adam all die, 
so in Christ all will be made alive. But I love this line, but each in his own turn. Christ first. Christ the first fruits. And then. And then. Is that not the best then you have ever seen? Then when he comes, those who belong to him. That Christ is risen and we will too. The Bible will say the last enemy to be defeated is death and Christ has shown that death is under his feet. That he's conquered death. Who does that? We can hide from death. We can stave death off. We can do proper living and keep it as far away as possible, but it still comes, doesn't it? Despite all of our energies, despite all of our efforts, despite all of the things that we do, death comes for us all. But on that Easter Sunday, Christ showed the power of God, one who has even defeated death himself. That's power, if you ask me. Power over death itself, a power then offered through Christ to you and me. That first Easter Sunday is about an event. An event by which human history will never be the same again about Jesus coming out of a grave more alive and stronger than ever and offering that gift to you and me. Do you know what the Bible calls that gift? Good news. Isn't that great? Can I ask, does that sound like good news to you? Now, I'm not asking if you believe it. That, that's another question for a moment. But just for a moment, entertain it if you're not really fully sold. If that were the case, does that sound like good news to you? This book we love called the Bible is a message of good news. It is chock full of good news of God to you. Now, why that good news often gets twisted to sound like bad news on the lips of some Christians is beyond me. Don't let that distort it for you. Because what this says is good news. And that good news is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because if Christ isn't raised... This is, this is about nothing more than pastels and ham and colored eggs. Don't get me wrong, I like ham. I can abide by pastel. Colored eggs are kind of cool. But it's no antidote for a broken soul in the horrors of this world, is it? You know, today is Easter. And we're supposed to be happy. At least that's what we tell ourselves, right? There's kind of like this cultural expectation, if you will, probably one that we are more guilty of self-imposing 
than anyone? It's Easter, and we're supposed to be happy, but you know, 10 bucks says, and I'll put it right down right now, that there are some of you here today that are just not in a good place. The storm that rages inside you, whatever that might be, the struggle and the torment, it just doesn't go away because it's Easter Sunday. The relationship that's dissolving, no matter what you do, is still going forward down that bad path. And Easter doesn't just magically make it better for you. He's still gone. She's showing symptoms. I'm still dying. Or whatever the struggle or horror or insanity might be for you. And all the ham and eggs and pastels in the world just can't salve that kind of wound in the soul. But the good news of God is this, that no matter what you come here with today, Christ is risen anyway. And no matter how bad it might be, it cannot change that reality one bit. That means that the one who has beaten death and offers it to you, offers you something that all the horrors of this world can't stop, can't buffer, can't derail, that God can't punch through. Jesus says, all who believe in me and call on my name, life, everlasting life, eternal life, resurrection, and you know, we even get to start tasting it now. Which means that whatever you come here with on this Easter Sunday, it's okay. You don't have to put on the good face. You don't have to hide it safely away. That God loves you and he invites you to bring it to him openly. Honestly, without fear of reprisal, without fear of judgment, to bring it to him and know he will meet you in that place with a good news of hope and future in Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, who shows that God has victory over every horror that life in this world can give. I want to share a line with you. It comes out of the book of Ephesians. I'm going to jump one more ahead. I love this. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. How often do you live your life in a fog? Comatose to sleep 
Sometimes I think zombie movies are more true to life than we want to give credit. We're animated, we're moving, we're doing things, but truly inside, in some way, we're dead. May the good news of Easter Sunday and the reality of what God has accomplished bring you hope, life, and meaning beyond all the other things that we make this holiday. May it be yours today. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. May Christ shine on you. So we're going to sing a song today that I love that captures this. It's a song about resurrection. A song about a future. A song about our future. A future for all who call upon his name and no matter who you are, where your life journey has taken you, a future he offers freely to you. A future and a hope and a destiny and a purpose that we wait for it to come but can begin to taste and experience today. I invite you to get on your feet. Make it your song of hope today.